0: Welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro-wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we have a day in store for you. Yes, we are one week away from our one-year anniversary, um, and I guess we're getting an early start on the celebration because we decided to put out not one but two episodes of the show this week. It's only right considering the uh, jam-packed week ahead uh, for pro wrestling that we have. You know, obviously this weekend we have the collective, um, just wall-to-wall independent pro wrestling going on in Indianapolis up there um, over the this weekend, and then leading into next week, where we, not only do you have uh, the one-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite. But you also had the debut of uh, The Masked Wrestler on IWTV. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to talk about, and we get into a lot of it this week. Um, kicking off, of course, here with a uh, the return of Effie to the show. Uh, of course, this weekend, as part of the collective, Effie is um, running the Big Gay Brunch, originally scheduled to run in Tampa during WrestleMania weekend in April. Um, got postponed, along with the rest of the collective, after the uh, the global pandemic hit, and it's back, along with a number of the other events that were originally scheduled for Tampa as part of the collective. They're all back this weekend um, up in Indianapolis, and I had the chance to sit down with Effie and kind of go over um, not just every match that's going to be there, you know, everything from the story behind the significance of Dark Sheikh versus uh, Still Life with Apricots and Pears, to um, the some of the just ridiculous names and graphics and fun that Effie had with putting this t- uh, show together, um, and of course I got to learn uh, what exactly a Twink Gauntlet and a Too Hot for TV match are. So yeah, very informative. But outside of the the matches themselves, we got a chance to talk about you know the process of like uh, wondering if this show was ever going to happen after what after uh, the pandemic hit, um, the the process of bringing it back. You know some of the the discussions that Effie himself had with Brett Lauderdale from from GCW. So we we get into a lot of detail there and kind of get some of Effie's personal feelings about having the show come back and. Um, it was just an all-around great conversation, and, and we'll get to that here in just a second. But I do want to touch on uh, uh, The mass Wrestler as well. This, this is a show, the first original uh, show from IWTV, uh, and it's a concept that's really interesting. Like, I'm not terribly heavy on reality TV, personally. I, I, I say that, but like wrestling is, in many ways, <laughs> like <laughs> the parent to reality television. But I'm not like too engrossed in, in that realm, but the mass wrestler is an interesting concept, kind of a take off of the mass singer, um, but in a wrestling ring. Uh, and I'm very happy to see that you know Billy Dixon is one of the judges on the show along with uh, AEW's Chris Statlander. Um, yeah, I, I am excited that's gonna debut next Wednesday, October 14th, immediately after um, Aew Dynamite and NXT go off the air. Uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern over uh, on uh, Independent So yeah, I, I'm excited to see um, who's underneath all those hoods, and to see who can come out on top in that uh, eight-person tournament. So that that'll be fun to watch. But um, yeah, we'll get we'll get there. That's at the end of the week. The beginning of, of this week is Effie and the Big Gay Brunch. What's up guys, guys and non-binary pals. Welcome back to LGBT in the ring. I am very happy to have as my guest this week uh, a returning guest. Um, We talked previously ahead of uh, the original Big Gay Brunch, uh, but now that it has been rescheduled, we have him back once again uh, as the show is getting ready to go live this Saturday, October 10th, um, over as part of the collective. Effie is back on LGBT in the ring. How are you doing today, Effie?
1: Uh, You know better than most people. Today I'm actually, I'm in a bit of a hurricane right now. I'm kind of, I'm kind of slurring through everything. Um, And this week has not been, it's been fun. It's been really like, it's been very up, very down, you know, this week. So, and it's only Monday. I'm counting from like Friday on. Uh, I had a hell of a weekend with Black Label Pro. I'm getting my life together today. I got locked out of my house uh and tomorrow i'm going to get back on a plane and then i'm going to prepare for the weekend and i just found out i'm getting a front page twitch show uh with iwtv starting next week so now i'm trying to plan that too so there's (laughs) it's never ending but i like it that way i think there's nothing i like better than telling people how busy i am because it reminds me of what i need to do and it also makes me feel important in my own head
0: there you go all positive all around
1: Yeah, somewhat. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you got to look inward at some point and go, what's the motivation? And you just (laughs) think you have to figure out your life and go, why do I have to be so busy all the time? And it's like, I don't know, because if I'm not doing stuff, then what am I doing?
0: I mean, I understand that to an extent. I mean, especially in these times where like a a number of us are kind of like uh, sequestered and and kind of had to like figure out things to do in your own home. You know, I mean, even looking at the wrestling business, as, as something that is only recently getting back into even like any form of the swing of things. Like really June was like the first time you had anything really pop up. And now you have companies like beyond and GCW and black label, you know, running somewhat regularly. You know, you've been a part of a number of those shows, including the turbo grab 16 tournament this past weekend that I'm still in the process of catching up on, but it's been a stellar, it was pretty good show from what I've seen so far. Um But But, yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense to try and, like, fill your plate and keep it filled so you just feel like you're doing something as opposed to just hanging around your apartment or your house and and just not really doing much of anything.
1: Yeah, and I'm kind of in this weird spot, too, where, like, February, I quit my job, put in my notice, and then March, COVID shuts the whole country down, sort of a mess, and... You know, we ended up moving to Atlanta anyway, and my boyfriend is working from home. And so I don't see him all day. He's in the office doing his thing. It sort of put this thing in me of like, all right, well, you need to treat your wrestling career and what you're doing as a day job. And it may not be doing shows right now, but you need to start thinking about content. You need to start thinking about what you're putting out, thinking about what you're doing with those hours of the day. Because at the end of the day, like, it's so much fun to play video games. It's so much fun to lay on the couch. It's so much fun to just do nothing. But you're not getting anything done. There's no progress to yourself. Uh, It's it's not great. And so when opportunities presented themselves, it was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to jump at that. I'm going to get on that as quick as I can. Clearly the issue is like, do I, am I going to get COVID? Am I going to get a disease, you know? And luckily I came into uh, the GCW situation and they've put on the, the safest shows of all like we we've gone all summer without any GCW associated tests we've we've gone all summer being as safe as possible and I think in that process especially with such limited live wrestling happening it's been a moment where we're all the, those of us that are working shows and there's more shows now than there were when we were kind of starting out those of us that were working at we're kind of looking at each other going okay well nobody else can really run right now we're sort of we're sort of leading the pack. Like we can we can make the shows we want to make and show people wrestling that we want to have and see if that clicks with them. And so we've been a little more creatively free in this time because without as much clutter, you're sort of by proxy, you know, a, a primary viewership in wrestling because there's not a lot happening.
0: No, definitely. I think you're seeing a lot of that creativity and even outside of what you're seeing with GCW and, and other like sort of like, more position more as major independence, I would say. Like something like MV Young's polyam Cole party or you know the upco- like Paris is bumping from Billy Dixon that's coming up later this month. Like the or even Uncanny's all cinematic show that they did. Like you're seeing these these um forms of experimentation with the form in a way that, you know, there wouldn't be as much flexibility uh, or given if like the, the climate was the same as it was pre COVID.
1: Yeah. And you sort of see, like, who, who's who got the motivations right now to do something and do it safely? And you say MV Young, you say Billy Dixon. And these are names that are not only on my show, but they're people I consider very close friends in the business because we're like-minded that we're always going, okay, well, there may be restrictions, there may be limitations, but that's when wrestling's the most fun. Whether that limitation is a pandemic or whether that limitation is being in a small venue or whether that limitation is not having a wrestling ring, these are things where these characters and these people that i know are going to people who aren't necessarily in our business or in wrestling to say look we're all kind of in a position where we can't do things normally let's team up let's try something different let's get a little more cinematic let's try out our other skills let's see where we can take this and not being afraid to to do something that you know isn't going to look like anything else and during that time like look how many stars are kind of built up from that i watched cpa for years you know, working Northeast Indies and doing a bunch of different shows and being CPA and being so entertaining. But now in this sort of cinematic universe, I see Nick staff as a person shining up and capturing people and capturing their hearts. And I see so much nick staff love on twitter now and it's like okay perfect sometimes you don't know the weird situation that you're going to need to be in before you super shine and luckily all these people are like positively working together everyone's lifting each other up they all want everything to be good it's it's a different spirit than i think i thought wrestling would be when i got into wrestling
0: no i'm that and honestly like evolution is fun evolution is good and it pushes the boundaries of what can be done in the industry and, and many ways as to what, what you and other people have been doing like for years at this point, we're trying to expand the purview of what wrestling can be. Um, I, I look at like Nick step is a perfect example of, of somebody who like, I, you know, I, CPA was, was great for what it was, but there's a distinct difference between like CPA and Nick step beating up trapped um, while like running towards like <laughs> like running into an aha video parody. like it's just I, there's just something completely different and it gives you something entirely fresh to sink your teeth into in a lot of ways. Well, and
1: he's not afraid to be like, there's a vulnerability to it too, because you're showing yourself in all these situations where in some scenes you're comedic and some scenes you're dramatic. I mean, it's just like any actor. If you watch them in a movie, you're going to feel a little bit closer to who you think they are or who you think they're supposed to be playing. If you're only the CPA, it can be tough. It can, it's that easy first pop and the match is great. And then where do you go? And I think he had that same question and he said, where do I go? And now that's incredible. Uh, I love Nick Stapp he's one of my favorite people I get to hang out with him all the time now and it's perfect safely of course in masks. Of course.
0: yeah no I mean I think I think that's the caveat to everything going on right now not just in professional wrestling but in the world you know where like a lot of these things have to have the added safety, safety precautions on there, um, which, you know, like you said, a number of the companies that, you, that you've been working with and the number of companies that are running currently are implementing those safety protocols into their uh, into their shows. Um, and I, I think that was one of the main things that kind of caused concern for me whenever the announcement was that the collective was coming back originally um, was just the fact like you're putting a larger number of people together while companies have been being very, very safe about it and installing protocols and adhering to those protocols. Like it, it's, it's like a whole nother level of that. Was there any, um, uh, caution for you whenever the, they, uh, Brett Lardell came back and said, Hey, we're running the collective again.
1: Yeah. I said, no, I said, don't do this. <laughs> I go, what are you doing? I go, no, no. And like, I mean it, I said that and I'm going like, this is obviously like, let's cut to the chase. Like it's a good, it's a good payday for me to have the collective, but I'm sitting here going, this is crazy. But I think when people tune in this weekend, what they're going to see, they're, they're going to probably say that we were overly cautious. I don't think people understand that this is a, this is a 2000 person capacity, giant Coliseum at the fairgrounds. And we are at maximum allowing 500 people in the building. So it's, It's very limited. We are very spaced. There are mass required. We are taking temperatures. We have people who are inspiring to be aspiring to be professional wrestlers who are going to be cleaning the ropes, spraying the ring and passing out hand sanitizer constantly throughout the show. If, if there was any more precaution we would take, we would take it. But at that point we're wrestling inside of our own personal bubble. And I don't know how that would work. It's it it made me feel comfortable seeing that the city of Indianapolis was like, you have to meet these standards. You have to do this stuff. You have to make sure you're safe. And we're going beyond even what their standards are. That makes me excited and that makes me safe. And it's one of those things too, where I've told people like, obviously I'm supposed to hard sell my show, right? And I want every person that can stream it to stream it. I want every single person to go, okay. I want them to be able to look over the card and go, is this worth my $12.99 or at least have a little bit of trust in me to say $12.99. Okay. That's worth it. I just spent $16 at Popeye's getting my lunch today. Cause I got excited. I know not everyone does that, but it's $12.99. It's worth, it's worth clicking just to see what we can bring for you. And I promise you, I'll get you at least once. You'll be like, Oh my God, at least once. But, but beyond what, what the capacity, what the show, what the stream is, We're trying to create this environment to say, if you can't make this one, if you can't be here in person, if you can't stand with us, it's okay. It is, we are not holding you to that. We will be back. We're going to continue to evolve with what we find is safe and what we find is, uh, you know, reasonable that keeps not only our people as wrestlers, but the people who are showing up, not only keeping them safe so they can come back and do this again, because my mom said, my mom my mom texted me and I need to call her because I forgot her apartment number to send her her Effie award, which is the (laughs) worst thing. And my mom said to me, she goes, I know you guys are being as safe as possible. She goes, these people just need to have a little bit of fun. It's been awful. And I was like, wow, cutting to the chase. It has been pretty rough. It's not great. I know that I live in a, a very privileged set of circumstances right now. I am convenient for my job. My job is continuing. I'm able to stream on Twitch. I'm having a show tonight on Twitch. You know what I mean? Like this is, I have a lot of things that are working really well for me, but we have to think about the people that watch us and the people that need that break after a week of work or after, you know, weeks of whatever's going on in their life to say for one second, can I forget that our country is completely out of control and everything's a nightmare and just like watch some wrestling and watch some cool stuff and like have my mind blown for a second. Can I get three hours or six hours to just shut off for a second? And I'm glad we can bring that. And I'm glad we're trying to do it as safely as possible. And I know I'm going in probably more cautious than, than I should be even, but I'm ready. And I, uh, I want everybody to leave safe.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with being overly cautious. You know, I, I would say, especially with the climate as it is, I think that's a, a good, um, Practice to have, you know, going into it. Like I, I certainly won't complain for like personally if I go in as like, oh, they were they took more precautions than necessary, but it didn't impact the show, you know. Like that's that's really where I think, I, I for me at least, that's that that is a comfortable place to be. Um, but yeah, like I'm I'm really looking forward to how everything turns out over there. Um, and before we actually get to the show, because I do want to talk to you about the show and and some of the expectations, because there's a lot of cool stuff just like the original card back in Tampa in April there's a lot of cool stuff for the new revamped card um, coming up this weekend but I want to go back to, to April into Tampa um, obviously everything was scheduled to run um, during uh, Mania weekend there COVID happens everything gets shut down Everything, the Big Gay Brunch, the original um, incarnation of it is uh, shelved for the time being Talk to me about how you were feeling um, during, while that was all happening and, and how that played out for you and what were your feelings after everything kind of shut down there?
1: I mean, I was bummed out for the people that didn't get to do it, but I was like way more bummed out for my friends and the talent that were booked on the card that a lot of these people, it was going to be a huge shine moment for them. And like, we don't always have these, these big opportunities with this much hype and this many people talking about it. For LGBTQ people, you know, we've, we've been the blip on the radar before we've been the little, you know, byline in the article before, but we don't always have a time to just like let ourselves shine. And historically, where I've worked in this business, and I don't have to name any names, when these things have happened before, when we have tried to have these gay, LGBTQ friendly promotions, people's egos and bad business and poor things get in the way. And so for me to be able to like check everything and make sure my people are taken care of and make sure my budget is, is fair for everyone and make sure I can book the people who they may not be that known or they may not have been seen by a GCW audience before, but I'm putting them in a position to not only succeed, but like show what they can really do as superstars, because sometimes one or two showings of a person and they open up a lot of opportunity. And right now, you know, with the pause on the business, with with COVID happening, with every single major company running out of a warehouse with a lighting rig, every single major company, guess what? The floor is all even. We are on the same playing field. You may have more viewers on your cable, but wrestling fans are paying attention to everything, and they're looking for what's next, and they're looking for what's different. And a lot of these wrestling fans that I talk to are just kind of over the same same that they see – all the time. And I just want to be able to say, all right, well, let me show you this. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I think it's going to be way better than you even could imagine. Hmm.
0: Now, I, I think that was one of the, the main like shining points of just having the event scheduled in of itself during that weekend, originally, just having the concept of this um, be put forth to have showcase as much LGBTQ talent as possible and to open up, this visibility to parts of the audience that have not been served at all, which is one of the main reasons why I'm glad the show is coming back as part of this new version of the collective. Um, but back whenever everything was initially like put like postponed or or canceled or however, all these different shows were kind of like lost to the wind after COVID hit. Um, what was your expectation for the Big Gay Brunch? Were you, was this something that you thought would be able to run by the end of this year, or was it something you were already looking forward to, like crossing fingers that next year's um, collective around uh, WrestleMania time would would happen?
1: I wasn't thinking about it at all, and I will oh. tell you something. Yes, I wasn't thinking about it at all. This is probably too real, but I swear to you, I. There was was a moment when I got back from Party Hard in Arizona, and it was the last show I worked on Friday the 13th. And they canceled all the fans, and they said, if you guys still want to work matches in the ring, we'll film it for IWTV. I said, perfect. They gave me Jody the Wrestler. I love Jody. I've gotten to work with Jody at the Polyam party. He's one of my favorite Las Vegas dudes of all time and I, of course i want to do this match but i got back and i was laying in bed and it was the night they like announced the nba was canceled that to me something immediately clicked and i said we're not just fucked for a month i said we are this could this could be years that we're fucked, and this is a new way of thinking and i just switched my brain and i said this is now COVID cowboy time. You are now operating in a whole new economy. This is beyond the rules of anything you've seen before and you can't think like you used to think at all. And when that clicked, it was like anything vanity about having the big gay brunch had to just like disappear from my mind. And hopefully one day we'll get to it and that's great. But right now it's like beyond naming shows after myself, I need to think about paying my electric and gas and utility. I left my job, there's a disease out there we have to figure things out quickly if I want to maintain my lifestyle and be able to like buy my dog treats and also you know afford afford to go out to eat at Popeye's. These are things that were <laughs> of a concern to me. And it's like as bad as it was, it was like it was a pipe dream at that point to even think about. And it was like, what what the fuck am I going to do? Let's start figuring things out.
0: Mm. At what point did it become something that you that you felt comfortable thinking about again? Was it not until Brett contacted you?
1: Uh, probably a week after Brett contacted me. Okay. The first contact he made with me, he was like, Atlantic City or Indianapolis. And I go, for what? And he goes, for the collective. We're doing the whole collective. We're going to do everything. And I was like, mm-hmm, what? And about a week after that, I was I really started thinking. Because number one, my first thought is like, Half these people I can't book anymore. Half these people now are going to be way more expensive to get in because I can't split them with companies. Half these people I can't get in because of international travel restrictions. What the fuck even card am I going to be able to put up? And if I put up a GCW card with like three gay people on it, people are going to be like, yeah, that's not how this works. You can't, you can't have a gay vanity show with two extra gays on it and then put you know, Mance Warner in a dress, and luckily, it's like I can find the way to have that GCW flavor in the middle of this, and still have so many places and so many spots and so many important moments that happen during this show built on LGBTQ talent, and not built on anything gimmicky for them, but really built on what are their skills, how are they best seen to this audience, and and how can we show the best version of them, and. I I don't know. I'm just, I'm really excited about this, man. I want to, I want to change the way people think about what wrestling is. I'll tell you why I'm bummed about it not happening in Tampa Mm -hmm. because I got contacted during the time where there were some threats being made against my life and others Mm -hmm. in the Tampa area. The the venue owner contacted me and said, Hey, the gay pride parade is the week before. Do you want to be the grand marshal and Mm -hmm. ride in the big car? And I said, yes, I would love to be the Grand Marshal of the Gay Pride Parade and ride in the big car. So I was going to fly in to Tampa from one of my shows, like come straight back from Chicago into Tampa, ride on the float and wave to all the gay people in Tampa who may not be wrestling fans, who could then be like, there's gay people wrestling? We thought it was just a bunch of crazy rednecks throwing rocks at people. Oh, my God. And then a week later, they can be like, Wow, Pride happened two weekends in a row because we just saw Razor Ramon, Hardgate, in the Vicarious Battle Royal. But now it's like this card now without looking at the spectacle of Tampa, looking at the spectacle of Indianapolis, this spectacle, and people are going to say, oh, this must be a smaller spectacle. Fuck no. This spectacle is more personal to me, and I feel so much more comfortable with the card because literally it was like by the time we decided we were doing this it was like you have a couple weeks to put all of this together so i couldn't overthink anything i couldn't i couldn't go oh let's really think this it was all right okay who are the who are the people i need who's got to get in here who are we using that we were going to use how are we going to change up the things that we can't have and boom we're going to have magic it's going to be magic
0: No, I I fully expect it to be, especially um, considering the card you have announced so far. And I'm assuming you still have some surprises up your sleeve because no we all know we all know Effie. Yeah,
1: it's and the thing is like oh, I can't say anything. There's so many fun little because here's my rule with wrestling, and we may have talked about this the last time. If you're there for, for surface level entertainment, awesome. But if you're there for that little extra and you want the details and you want to pay attention to the little stuff, then I will give you that. I'm that person. I saw the fucking movie Tenet three times in theaters with all of three of us in the theater the whole time. I'm I'm a person who looks for details and I want to respect and honor people when they are also looking for details and when they are looking for things to be next level. You know, one of, the wor- one of the worst things I ever felt in my heart, Billy Dixon asked me about this. Me and Billy Dixon had a match. And he said, did you hate that match? And I said, no, I did not hate that match. But, and I've never talked to him about this really. And I've kept it in my heart. It was advertised as a big gay street fight. And I showed up to the venue and Billy had beautiful, sick, incredible gear made, big weekend, WrestleMania in New York. I'm ready for the match no props, no weapons, nothing, nothing Mm. for the street fight, nothing to use. And I'm going, I flew to goddamn New Jersey and drove across the river to be here and be in the street fight. And you couldn't even get a goddamn stop sign off of Brooklyn park, you know, in the corner where the trash is. Do you know how much stuff there is around New York that you could have picked up and brought over here that could have been used as props. And there was no thought put into that. So no, I love the match with Billy because we, adapted to a situation and made do with what we had in front of us but boy i always wanted to give him that big giant street fight extravaganza and now i've got him in the biggest goddamn street fight extravaganza of all time this weekend (laughs) (laughs) i i will agree
0: with you on that that eight man tag or eight person tag excuse me that eight person tag um is uh, that looks to be a barn burner Per, uh, i just per, uh, yeah
1: and this is what brett did not think this would work brett was like people aren't gonna get that excited about an eight person tag i was like brett listen to me <laughs> they are gonna go ape shit wild because sgc is crazy as shit like shoot w- we're nuts and i you'll never understand i can't say anything legality is everything <laughs> aj gray One called Manders, Mance Warner, Matt Justice, and the the one and only Eddie Kingston, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, doing business on cable television. But I've got the four of those guys AJ Gray, Mance Warner, Matt Justice, and Manders against MV Young, who's crazy as shit and runs a polyam cult, has 10,000 sexual partners and lovers. I've got O'Shea Edwards, who's a giant fucking monster who's been beating the shit out of people and might choke someone out just to go get a Ring of Honor contract because he's bored, even though he should be an indie boy like me and I'll teach him my ways. Then I have Joshua Wavera. They have come so far since the fall of the Chikara dynasty. They have reinvented themselves after the Polyam cult and they are fierce and ready to fight. And then I have the Billy Dixon experience. And oh my God, the thing about Billy Dixon that's so incredible is, Everyone underestimates Billy Dixon all the time, always. I've never seen Billy Dixon in a situation where he was not underestimated. I have seen him come through so hard. When we did the Primetime uh, Butch v. Gore show uh, and Lolo McGrath, they were helping Billy Dixon co-run this show. Such an incredible LGBTQ wild party. Helped me see what we needed to do for the brunch too. Led the way on that. Billy is is throwing the show running out the window because Billy's booked on these big shows, but Billy always has to do other stuff, run the car, check with people, have a pre-show meeting, have a, have a talk with someone. Something's gone wrong. Not here, folks. Billy's coming into Indianapolis to beat the shit out of my friends. And that's it. And I'm (laughs) so excited because they're all like Billy Dixon. Who's Billy? What's Billy Dixon girl. Billy Dixon's going to kick y'all's ass and I'm so nervous to have to like talk to y'all after.
0: <laughs> Clearly they did not catch uh, his match against Jared Evans at the last Polyam Cole party. Nuts.
1: Crazy. That... I was so glad I wrestled early and got to just kick back and watch that. Yeah.
0: What was that? What was that match like for you there? There live.
1: Well, I was sitting like me and Nick staff were standing on the hill watching and at, at the moment where the Tornado DDT happened off the Jeep Grand Cherokee, I was fully <laughs> off my rocker, ready to go. Very excited. Uh, not necessarily of the cleanest mind at that point, post-doing my daily duties, but really enjoying myself.
0: <laughs> nah, I, I, that show, all in all, was great, but that match in and of itself was just a thing to behold on that show. So, yeah, like I, I'm with you on on all of those people. That match is going to be outstanding. I can't wait to see what kind of crazy shit everybody gets in there because like, it's just a whole bunch of um, like-minded people that are ready to hit each other in the face. And I'm you here know, for it.
1: You know, all I want to do, and I'm, this is not like a challenge, but this is a thing. I want to at least light a fire over everyone going to spring break wrestling on spring break at spring break a part of spring break i want to at least like kind of light that fire up i was at the very first spring break uh after doing a fucking evolve tryout just so william regal could shake my hand and tell me i was goddamn entertaining while gabe sapolsky wouldn't even make eye contact i stuck around because para was working security and i said i'll just check this out And it blew my mind, and now to be included amongst that caliber of star and that caliber of showrunner with that level of trust, not only do I want to, like, be able to show I'm on that level, but I want people at the end of the night to go, spring break was the the best shit I've ever seen. (laughs) But I don't know, that brunch, man, that might have been the most fun I've had in my whole life.
0: Do you feel a responsibility to do that now, like, being on that that same level as, like, a wrestler slash showrunner with GCW?
1: Have you ever heard of someone who had a bad time going to the gay bar? Nah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be, we're the gay bar of wrestling shows. Whether you're gay, whether you're a woman, whether you're a man just coming to stand around, whether you just want to see a drag queen with your bachelorette friends, it's the best place to be always. So, guess what? We're, we are the gay bar of wrestling shows. And, I think people are also gonna leave and go, there was some goddamn good wrestling on that show. Everybody thinks we're just, you know, like let him go do a dance off sis. But once we walk out of there, people are gonna be like, God damn, they're not just the little, the little dancy sideshow anymore. This is, this is real caliber. I remember Brett asked me before we announced anything, he goes, well, you gotta think, man, you want a five-star match kind of event or you want a crazy party kind of event? And I go, we can have both. And he was like, We'll fucking see. We'll see. And I don't think it's not a you can't do it. It's sort of a let's see what you got, kid. Like let's you know, I've booked enough shows is what he's thinking in his head. I've booked a lot of shows. Let's see what you can do. So hopefully I've driven him crazy enough to where after this, uh he can look at me and go, You're you're crazy, but it worked.
0: <laughs> That's all we can all hope for, honestly. Is that is that you get that that vote of confidence on Yes, of course. <laughs> um i do want to talk more about the the, the matches you have lined up for the show here but um i do you touched on it a little bit earlier about like having to like, kind of rework and retool the card and everything basically because of everything multiple things that have happened um since the show was initially postponed um obviously the, you had talked about like a number of international talent you know Shane Purser, uh, Vinny, um, a number of people that aren't Razor Ramon, Hardgate, they're not going to be able to come into the country due to COVID stuff. Um, and then obviously there were uh, some talent that are not present on the current card now uh, because of their um, association with the Speaking Out movement. Um, I'm curious, like, what went in? What was your thought process when it came to um, looking at the card as it was and the card and, and turning it into the card as it is now?
1: You know, I sort of took. Like I said, going back to sort of, it's not a lazy approach, but it's a safe approach to the way I booked, which is I booked people I know really well who I've stayed at their house. I have traveled on the road with, I have been around, I've been booked by multiple times. I, you know, have spent time with, I text with, I talk with. These are people who I keep pretty close to the belt if you really look at this card. Um, And people who I've had in my life for years that you can sort of pinpoint where I've met everyone and where I've seen everyone and where I brought everyone around me and to be able to do that is, it's made it so much easier because I get to kind of put the ball in in the hands of my friends and go, I know you guys can do this and I know you have the talent. And part of it, I'm trusting them on some of the decisions that they're making that are that are bigger and are choices that they're going to have to decide, you know that day in the ring. They're going to have to make those decisions. Um, And I trust them to make those decisions. And I trust these people. And, you know, not to give away the location, but there's a pretty large Airbnb housing a lot of LGBTQ talent because we all trust each other, because we have a lot of respect for each other, for each other's space, for everyone's diversity for their background for what they may need assistance with or what they may need different from someone else and it's it's a lot easier to be able to be around people like that who have that uh that you know set of rules in their life have a certain way they do their business have a certain way they act and perform and there's so much less on my mind when I'm around people like that and when I can surround myself with people like that and I'm not even worried about the show going well at all and I've barely talked to anybody besides like Hey, here's how you're getting there and here's where you're staying, you know?
0: Yeah. No, it's good to have that that level of confidence. It's just like one like one less thing you don't have to like place a ton of worry on. Whenever there's so many other things that can, you know, cause stress or or bring about a for a sense of anxiety. So yeah, I totally understand. this. I think it's a really good approach. Especially whenever you've been able to make those contacts and you've made this this circle that, that you're able to cash in on now and put them in a the spotlight where, you know, they like you said before, like with the original show, a spotlight where they necessarily haven't had and now they get to have it on what I mean for all intents and purposes is like probably the biggest wrestling weekend of the year, if right now.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's in a weird spot, you know, obviously spring break in October sounds a little strange, (laughs) but it's also at a time where like, we're right before a really crazy election. We're right before it's about to get cold outside again and things are going to start changing and we're going to have to figure out how we adapt in the COVID era to winter and to that sort of change and the challenges that brings. And I hope it's sort of a good, like end of a weird summer, into the fall release for people you know halloween's canceled a lot of places there's not a lot of party action going on this year this will at least be a little release of like oxytocin or what, what is it what are they releasing serotonin, serotonin? yeah yeah a little a little <laughs> serotonin release uh just just before you know we have to confront the end times in november <laughs> Is that too dark? No, no. Today's, I think... today's the last day to vote in, in in Georgia. I mean, the last day to register to vote in Georgia.
0: Yeah, I saw that. <laughs>
1: I'm nervous. I'm so nervous. I think we all are, honestly. Like, even the most confident
0: among us, I think, is still like very nervous about everything. Yeah. And, and I think it's. And honestly, I don't think it's it's wrong to have sort of a like a colored mindset when it comes to that. If that you know, like, I feel like it's just the in a year filled with different anxiety inducers it has to be the number one prevalent one um for a lot of people like even with COVID I think some people that I talk to are still like more stressed about what is going to happen in November as opposed to anything else which is uh
1: yeah to see if we can start figuring out how to how to end this how to how to get back on track Exactly, exactly. Hey, you know what? They might put a few more restrictions in place, and you know what? We'll work with it, and we'll work with what we've got. But if it can get us back to regular, I'm, I'm happy to. I'm happy to take it all in. But as for now, we're going to operate as safely as possible with the current situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Make do with what you got. I hear you on that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I do want to get into the the actual card with you here because it is a, a, a stacked one and one that I think has generated a lot of excitement online. Obviously, we already talked about the uh, eight the person tag there that is going to um, hit people in the face um, in more ways than one. But I'm really curious about um, giving the West a voice and bringing Dark Sheik in. To face Still Life with Apricots and Pears. Talk to me about this match. I know Dark Sheik, both Dark Sheik and and Still Life were booked for the original card, but they were—I want to say—they were in different matches.
1: Yes, yeah. at that point they were in different matches. And when looking at this card, it's—I felt so stupid because there was a time at at Hood Slam where Dark Sheik had brought both myself and Still Life over to the West Coast, we had both done extremely well at Hood Slam, people really love both of us because we're both pretty fun to love, I think, and what I didn't realize in that time when we were all hanging out was that Still Life has such a personal connection with Dark chic, Um, and that's their story to tell, but to be able to give them a chance to just do something one-on-one, and I didn't have to talk to either of them, I didn't at all, And then they both out and were like this was the right move this was the right choice this is the match i wanted and i didn't want to say anything because i trusted you to do whatever and even brett was like yeah it's it's you do dark chic and you do still life because brett you know brett's fascinated by hood slam as well i think the whole world is fascinated by hood slam because hood slam exists in a bubble where it is simultaneously the coolest thing you will ever see it is 400 people in downtown Oakland smoking weed, watching wrestling with crazy costumes, alternate universes. It's R-rated, over the top, insane action all the time. And they don't give a fuck about anything. They don't give a fuck about being big. They don't give a fuck about if you like it. They don't give a fuck if you call Jim Cornette. They don't give a fuck because they're gonna do the shit they wanna do. And having that attitude is something everyone should envy. And I think Brett has a lot of that attitude. And I think it's perfect that that they will finally get to really meet each other. And, and Brett will finally get to see like what Hood Slam is all about in person and what Dark Sheik can really do. And I've I've been around Dark Sheik. I may have faced uh I may have faced an alter ego of Dark Sheik before, mm-hmm. unconfirmed. <laughs> uh Nurse Ratchet is an incredible incredible character who you can also see on iwtv on uncanny attractions on bizarro lucha uh the reach of dark Sheik is great and this will be an incredible contest
0: how important was it for you to like make this sort of a cross-country theme because like i think a number of the 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 lgbtq talents that are more celebrated are definitely or more um have a higher profile are definitely more on the East coast into the Midwest. You don't hear, obviously we have companies out here on the West coast where, where I'm at, like Hood Slam, like, um, uh, what's the, oh, I just lost it, without a cause. You know, we have yeah. companies here that that run and have a reputation, but you just don't see as much forward facing LGBTQ presence um, from, the, from the local communities there. Um, or at least they don't receive like get the same profile. Dark Sheik being one of the the main um, uh, all exceptions to that rule, I'd say. Um, how important was it for you to give give for to use her uh, term to give the West Coast a voice and let them say what they want to say?
1: I think she's a perfect candidate to represent sort of the West Coast as a whole because the West Coast exists in this strange universe where the shows you're working over there are either these extremely tight knit studio set, we're filming this for something else, Hollywood sort of shows, or they're the most outlandish, crazy, over the top, sort of liberal leaning weirdo shows around. And both of those are fine, but Dark Chic has that rebel attitude that to me seeps through all of West Coast Wrestling, whether you're backstage in a TV studio or whether you're backstage in a crazy club, everybody's sort of a little wilder on the west coast a little crazier a little more against the grain and that's that's a west coast attitude on everything and i think i think dark Sheik, she's the perfect she's the perfect sort of uh standard bearer for that west coast attitude and that west coast badassery and the west coast style of sort of everything thrown together
0: no, I'm with you on that. Like, I think if if you're gonna have a patron saint of West Coast wrestling, Dark Chic is the one to be exalted there. Um, and I I have to say, like, having Still Life on the show, like, obviously you're not gonna you're not gonna have an LGBTQ show without showcasing um, some top tier non-binary talent. Obviously, you have Joshua in in the A person tag. Still Life has to be one of the most high profile um, and successful non-binary talents on the scene right now? Like, was it important to you to make sure that every facet of the spectrum was showcased on the show?
1: Yes, but it was also easy because those are the people I'm around the most anyway. You know, when I go to a show, I'm looking for the talent around me that that fit into the LGBTQ thing because there's just an easier connection with them. And it's, it's hey, I wanna make sure I know that person because they've dealt with the same things I've dealt with. And having still life, they've been around me on a few shows And they've always had an energy of learning and growing. And I think that stems sort of from an attitude of Chikara where they were taught so much so fast and they were really taught how to run studio shows and how to run matches and how to run timings and how to be creative and how to really encompass a character. And I think for still life, it, it probably was not easy this year with Chikara shutting down with the things that came up that came up and even with sort of, creativity issues and dealing with how you exist outside of what your home structure was. And in that, they've also sort of ripped this world wide open and said, I can be anything I want. And it inspires me so much, the growth I've seen in such a short amount of time, because they've, they haven't been doing this for a really, really long time but now in my mind, they just exist as a masterpiece and as art and now this art isn't stuck in a studio. It's not stuck behind glass, it's out on the road. The art is touring, the world gets to see the art and the world gets to see the art untethered and outside of sort of the leash of whoever was curating this museum to speak a little bit goofily but within the bounds of this gimmicking. I think still life is going to be a very big deal soon and i think still life brings a lot of people to wrestling that would never consider it even beyond like me going well look i'm gay look we're really gay you can come over here and be gay there's something so much more artistic and and deep than i've seen before in the world of wrestling that still life has and as soon as that voice is fully microphoned and fully amplified i think the world is going to really be beaming in and looking at what still life could do
0: No, I, I think you're spot on there. I think, and even like beyond still life, look at like a, a number of the uh, the Chikara um, wrestlers, like post, like everything that happened there. I think that you're starting to see a lot of them branch out in that way. Like, you know, a very good professional wrestler, even like we can move into the twink here because you have one of them in that match that announced, at least so far, Molly McCoy. Um, you know, we've seen a number of people that were previously associated with Chikara um, find this new like lease um, on their wrestling life in a lot of ways in the past couple of months, and and you know being showcasing themselves on shows that are or in promotions that they weren't necessarily have been on because they were in that Chikara bubble. Um, how important was it for for you to kind of like help, you know, people like Molly and Joshua and and Still Life to be able to embrace this idea of like you you have a freedom from this even though like your home is gone.
1: I think I found myself in this situation in wrestling where our leadership has continually let us down over and over and over. And it's across the board. It's kind of at every company. And I I sort of want to be able to show these people who I see so much talent in, and so much, so many ideas that I couldn't have, you know, what What we need is new voices because new voices are new ideas and new ideas are things we haven't seen before and wrestling loves things they haven't seen before they love wrestling, but you've got to have some things you haven't seen before and I want them and the rest of the wrestling world to sort of see that like your leadership is going to fail you it's going to happen forever i was i was the general manager of a of a 2.2 million dollar business for 8 years okay i know when leadership fails i left because leadership fails that's the thing you deal with throughout your life and i need people in wrestling to stop looking at the little system they're supposed to be in and stop listening to people who are supposedly telling you what you need to know When they've never done it, or they don't have the skill to do it, or they don't have the creativity and they just want to use your juice. They want to take your juice. They want to put it in a jar. They want to squeeze it down and they want to use it. And you can sell your juice. And I think that's awesome. But I also want people to know the worth of the juice that they're selling and that you can get pretty good market value on your juice without these middlemen and without these people who think they know so much better than you. They don't. There's a lot of idiots out there. And I meet these kids who are not kids. They're adults, young 20s, mid-20s, even older than that. And I just want to get it in their heads that, like, you can learn all this stuff and you can figure this stuff out. And you're better than listening to someone who doesn't really know what they're doing.
0: It's all about knowing your worth in -hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah. No. Um, Speaking of juice, though, Twink Gauntlet. Um...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good shift. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh talk my god! To me, talk to me about the Twink gauntlet here. Obviously, this isn't the first one. I know you, you did one previously somewhere, with, like in the Dakotas. Oh I'm my god! Say. Yes,
1: yes. This is it's so ridiculous because I I have this habit of of I think it's funny when you take the joke seriously. And I think it's funny when you take something that should be a joke and find a way to defend it seriously, because I think lawyers are funny and that's mostly what lawyers do. And so I think of sort of some of these ideas in wrestling in bigger terms than what I may present. And I, I do it mostly for my amusement. Uh, Shug Dunkerton the other day tweeted, he goes you know, the thing about Effie is you just have no idea what he's going to do. You have no earthly idea what's going to happen. He could just be trying shit out for the first time. He could just be feeling himself or he could go crazy and just beat the shit out of you. You don't know what's going to happen. And I like that unpredictability in the booking style as well. And luckily, Time Bomb Pro, huge shout out. They just did another show that went to IWTV. They had Matt Justice versus AJ Gray on that show, I think, which is just, no, maybe they didn't. did they have they had manders versus matt Justice. i don't know it's a crazy card go look on IWTV. tv but they graciously brought me in and said look whatever you want to do we're game for it and i'm thinking to myself what do i do we don't have a ring we're in north dakota 84 percent of the population votes red and we're in a crazy record shop above a biker bar cowboy bar Well, I say, what if we bring in some newer wrestlers, bring them from Minnesota, from North Dakota, bring some local guys in, and we have a twink gauntlet. He goes, what's a twink gauntlet? I go, Effie needs to know how many twinks it takes to kill him. (laughs) I want you to keep the twinks coming until I can't handle it anymore. And I know you're thinking right now, okay, twink. All right, young, teenish to 20-something, gay male, maybe hairless, tight body, feeling it, youthful. Why would he need to, okay, is this a weird sexual thing? No, because at the end of the twink gauntlet, what happened? Cody Rice comes out after I am defeated five different twinks. I've destroyed five different twinks. They've gotten the better of me in a lot of cases over the course of this 30 minute match. They've kicked my ass throughout the whole thing. But now Cody Rice comes out at the very end in a bear costume, and he, if he was a gay man, would be a bear, uh, and he he makes me tap out with a bear hug. I was defeated in the twink gauntlet by a bear. And I explained at the end of the match why this happened, just to let people in. I said, look, I see wrestling and I see our gay culture as very similar places. Because in wrestling, if you get pegged into being one thing, you're pegged into being that thing. You're a deathmatch wrestler. You're a comedy wrestler, you're a high fly wrestler, you're a grapple wrestler, you're a women's wrestler. And in the gay world, we're bears or cubs or twinks or otters or bottoms or tops. We have to fit into these categories, butch fem realness, you can't be what you want. You have to fit in. And what I said was, stop it. I was wrong for even having a twink gauntlet. This is silly to even segment us. Look at wrestling like you look at the world. We are all human beings with all of that being said, and with all of that being very open-minded and thoughtful, in the end, this twin gauntlet is not. This <laughs> twin gauntlet is, is Pero DMing me, asking what his match is. because so I was like, Pero, you're booked, you're booked, you're good. Because Pero is a dominant force globally, has fought in Japan, has fought all over the US, has been involved with Evolve, has done everything in wrestling, has been around everyone, knows everybody, and he kept saying, what's my match? What's my match? And he was suggesting matches. And I can't kick Paro's ass. There's a match Effie versus Pero on YouTube. He beats the shit out of me. The only reason I got out of there is because Jamie Senegal punched him in the dick. All right. He asked me one too many times. And so I brought back the twink gauntlet <laughs> and I said, "Pero, I have so many twinks now at my disposal because of my travels and because of my new friends that I am going to pummel you with twinks until the end of time. And he said, bring it. I'll destroy every single one of them. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, what do I do? Back to Molly McCoy. Molly McCoy has big twink energy. Okay, they use, they use her or they pronouns, but they are a hockey superstar. And if I think back to some of the biggest crushes I've had in my life, they were with hockey players. And the thing about hockey players is they're strong as shit. Because not only are they flexed all the time for hitting those pucks they're constantly skating on fucking ice which means they have crazy legs and glutes for powerful throwing ability and here's the other thing i'm letting her get in the ring with her helmet on they can get in the ring with their helmet on have fun go headbutt go crazy it's paro he'll be fine right exactly. but there's a lot of surprises in the twin gauntlet too that are going to be just outrageous as shit. <laughs> I mean the
0: names you've already announced for it are, are pretty good, but like I'm sure like like I said before, like you just said now, like there are more surprises to come there and I'm sure that they will be um very interesting just in the way that you put it. I'm glad that there was a way to bring back the, the twink golem in in a fashion that that really catered to the original message that you. Yeah, out this
1: here. one doesn't have a moral at the end. It's just I want to yeah. see really how many twinks it takes to get rid of Pero. <laughs> and uh, if you want to do any betting on the side, just find me at the venue. We've got the over under at sixteen twinks. Woof Jesus, take the over. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Knowing Pero, yes, <laughs> take the over. Um, well, moving off from, from the Twink Gauntlet, um, I do want to talk about uh, a couple more matches with you. Um, obviously, the last one you announced, um, uh, Jamie Senegal and Alley Cat, that one looks to be um, an out- outstanding match. I think two talents. I, think, I don't think Jamie's had a, a match for months at this point. So I'm sure that they're just like eager to get back in the ring. And, and Alley Cat, she speaks for herself.
1: Okay, so people don't know this, but Jamie Senegal went crazy during COVID. <laughs> um, she don't care that I'll say this. Jamie went nuts during COVID. Me and Jamie went to the aquarium together. Oh yeah. Me Jamie, Ashton Starr, uh, who else went with us? There was somebody else with us. Doesn't matter. Jordan Kingsley was with us. We went to the aquarium together and Jamie was in full drag, doing full cross-dress, realness fantasy, in the red wig living the aquarium life petting the manta rays and we figured out we figured out what we needed to do we we couldn't get Ari and andrew back because she's with aw now and we're happy and everything's cool um but jamie was like pick someone to kill me pick someone and kill me oh my god you pick someone to kill me. just put their boot in my face i don't care i was like okay bitch that's fine so then i start seeing alley cat going crazy as shit blood on her face looking like a wild ass puma from the forest and i said hell let's send these two crazy cats at each other and just see what the fuck happens both of them are very good professional wrestlers but both of them when they want to will also just beat the shit out of someone I've heard Jamie go crazy on people before I've stood by and watched Jamie go crazy. And I've had Jamie go crazy on me. Jamie's crazy. And Allie cat's crazy. This is, that's the logic behind this booking is I sort of go, y'all have fun. Here's your, here's your, here's your time. Have fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, listeners that haven't, that don't necessarily understand what you mean by like Allie cat being like, like in her own head in that way, like go check out the match with Nick Gage from, yeah. from a, while, a while back like that's what we're talking about that's the kind of alley cat that, and that pretty was
1: pre-covid she's way crazier now they're both yeah. nuts <laughs> i'm around him and i'm like y'all are both crazy just let's go crazy
0: no i'm i'm looking forward to that one just one because like i think it's a great matchup but two i'm glad to see jamie getting the chance to get back in the Well, brain. let me
1: put an asterisk on the whole thing and say this what i saw got? jamie senegal's new gear for the show oh yeah holy shit <laughs> it's not safe for work <laughs> pardon my cough it's not covid i'm vaping too much over here i've been recently tested negative good to hear yes yes that gear though holy mackerel
0: got something else to look forward to this weekend
1: then better believe it yeah you'll <laughs> see it all
0: um and then moving on to another match that that pete my curiosity personally um as well as another of the people you have the the C stars, Ashley Vox at Delmi XO going up against um the name is escaping me, the name you use for
1: Ashton and AC. Oh my god. What did I even call them? It was so ridiculous and I should <laughs> I shouldn't have said no because I 'cause I wanna know what I said because it will help me it will help me in this situation. Jesus Christ. This is this is why I have to stop being ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, here we go. I know how to find it. I'll search my Twitter name, ATLBad, because it was the ATLBad something. Yeah.
0: No? It was like I mean, the ATL bad Bitch ass kickers or something like that.
1: You know, whatever it was, people need to go find this announcement. I need to put the whole post together tonight of the whole card, but this is um, ridiculous. Ashton Starr is someone who I've known for a long time. And Ashton Starr is an Atlanta an Atlanta baby. And Ashton recently decided to stop giving a shit about being nice, I think. Ashton is one of the most underrated talents in the Southeast. Uh, for a long time, I don't think Ashton would speak up for themselves, though. I don't think Ashton would say, hey, you really should be using me. Look how good I am. And that was a problem. And Ashton is talking a lot more now. And I said, who better to team you up with, then another ATL Classic. They are good friends. They are friends in training, friends in shows. They've had matches, they've ridden in cars together. AC Mac, I said, why aren't more people booking you as a team? They said, we don't know. I said, well, look, what if I put you up against one of the best tag teams in the world right now? They said, who? I said, the Sea Stars. They said, can we have the Shimmer Belts? Well, they can't have the (laughs) the Shimmer Belts. So we're just gonna have them have a tag match. Hopefully AC Mack and Ashton Starr are a little under control, but I don't think Delmi or Ashley Vox of the Sea Stars are that worried about it, because I don't know if you've been watching either of them recently. A uh, lot of intergender action, a lot of hardcore action, a lot yeah. of crazy big move action. Those two are nuts. and. I'm so excited to see because they've got the big title match the next day. So I think going into this match, this is sort of them flexing on the world. They know how good of a team they are. They work perfectly together as a team. C stars are always in unison, and those combos catch people so off guard. And I know I see Mac and Star are super strong and crazy, but they better work fast because the C stars will tear your ass up.
0: Definitely. I actually I found the, the tweet here. So Atlanta's bad bitch assassins, AC Mac and the Ashton Star. The Atlanta
1: Bad Bitch Assassins is what I call AC <laughs> Mac and Ashton Star. Atlanta's bad bitch assassins. Yes. AC Mac, Ashton Star versus the Sea Stars. Who will swim away with the wind? That's not yeah. a spoiler. It's just a fun way of using their gimmick. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and then uh, a match that has I think a lot of significance to um both like longtime wrestling fans, as well as, um, you know, LGBTQ wrestling fans are just getting into this. Um, Cassandro versus Sunny Kiss. Um, insane. Yes. Uh, obviously, Cassandro, 40 years in the business at this point. Um, still, the documentary is still going strong. Um, and Sunny, what can be said about Sunny? Probably had like the best summer of of anybody uh, down at AEW, you know, having the the shot of the TNT title against Cody, showing out with uh in the tag team with Joey Ginella, really having the chance to showcase herself um in in a high profile way down there. Um what for you what was the significance for you in putting these two uh together to to clash on, on this show
1: originally I had Cassandra versus Ricky Starks and I had Ricky Starks in because he's super hot and gay people want to look at him but also he's a texas native and so is cassandro cassandra has dual citizenship in mexico and america but was born in san antonio texas and resides in san antonio now and that match would have been great it would have been perfect it would have been exciting and cassandra was really excited about it um but in this instance i realized that i think I think I didn't book Sonny in something bigger for the Tampa show because I didn't know how much Sonny wanted to do because AEW wasn't doing as much with Sonny. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I just I didn't want to put Sonny into more than Sonny wanted. And that was dumb of me. It was disrespectful of me. It was rude of me to not consider even asking Sonny what Sonny wanted. And I think now we finally have the match that both of these competitors are like, this is it. This is going to be so lit. And talk about, talk about mirroring situations in the United States. Sonny Kisses, this huge star now is on these shows is on Wednesday nights, is in a tag team with Joey Janela, is facing Cody Rhodes and Cassandra had that same path in Mexico and was a part of huge shows in Mexico and dealt with a lot of the same hate Sunny has to deal with, but on such an intense scale of, like true to life violence and crazy stuff. And if you see Cassandra's documentary, you can learn so much about them and what they went through, but having this match in 2020, when Sonny is at the top of their game, Cassandra is still at the top of their game, you know, 30, 40 years into this. And I get to have them meet in a situation that is, it shouldn't happen because this is a TV star. This is a contracted Cassandra still has a contract with AAA. AAA still pays Cassandro, AEW pays Sonny Kiss, and they are both graciously allowing me to use their talents, and they have both agreed and worked with me to make it happen, to use these talents to make a dream match happen, and if it's not a dream match for you, guess what? That's okay, because you didn't know, but I implore you to watch, because Cassandro is wrestling like a mad person in that ring going so far doing everything and sunny kiss is just on fire right now there's no way this isn't just a barn burner insano wrestling match
0: <laughs> what does it mean to you to have companies like AAA and AEW be able like want to want to work with you or be or make themselves willing to work with you to have their contracted talent on a show that is there to promote you know lgbtq identities in this way
1: it's, it's really awesome. And I know, especially right now, it's it's got to be tough for them because there's already so many risks involved with everything. And, you know, they gave us a very specific list of what we had to follow and what we had to kind of do to make it happen. And everyone was fine with following the rules. Everyone was fine with making sure the testing was done, that the protocols were followed, that everything was handled correctly because we respect them, you know, the way they respect us. And it's, it's having that trust between companies that we benefit so much by them allowing us to use their talent. We benefit so graciously. And people who may only know Sonny that are going to see this show and come to it, and people who may only know Cassandro or may only know me that are going to come into this thing, they are, they are benefiting to us. And we don't, we don't have to. They don't have to. Sorry, let me rephrase this for a second. No worries. It's, it's very kind of them to work with us. And it is much appreciated. And it gives me hope for the future because when companies work together, things get done and nobody's toes get stepped on. All you have to do is set boundaries. The greatest issues we've ever had are because we don't communicate. We don't speak, we don't speak openly. We worry about speaking candidly, but only things get done when, when we speak in this way. When we are candid, when we are open, when we talk, and we say, what exactly do you need? What exactly do we need to make this happen? We are willing to do what it takes That's fair game. Cool. Man, it's very hope. It makes me very hopeful for the future seeing things start to open and the gates not be as high and the fences not be as sharp for us to share a little bit and help each other out.
0: Hmm. Definitely. I think like you're seeing at least like even at like that higher stage, you're seeing the companies be willing to work with one another, whether it's due to the, the, you know, the circumstances with COVID or, or other things just like anytime that you can better facilitate these kind of working relationships. It's always better for for the business as a whole, I think. So I'm right right there with you on that. Um, And of course, that brings us to uh, the main event, your match with Priscilla Kelly, the Too Hot for TV match, which I have to open this up by asking, what exactly is a Too Hot for TV match?
1: I am so glad you asked. Yes. You know, when I first announced the graphic, I said, what does this even mean? And I was asking people, do you know what I'm saying? And I think when people think of me or they think of Priscilla Kelly, a lot of people who may not know much of us probably know a little bit about like some of our controversial stuff. And, you know, like one time I had a guy eat whipped cream out of my ass and that pissed off Jim Cornette. One time I beat up a child. One time Priscilla Kelly pulled a bloody tampon out of her panties and stuck it in someone's face. One time Priscilla Kelly got her mouth spit in by someone during the match. Um, We're known for sort of these weird controversial things and they've boosted our profile a bit and they've given people strong opinions on both of us, good and bad. But there's a difference between me and Priscilla Kelly, which is I don't bend to the knee for television. And that's hurt me in some ways, because it, it probably has cut me for more money. If I had been a yes sir, no sir, and you know, done my done my role drills and and listened and done the shitty gimmick they gave me, I you know I'd probably be making a little bit more cash than I am now, but not by much, I doubt. And I look at Priscilla, who was in the May Young Classic, who was out the first round, who was a PG version of herself, who was this nice girl version of herself, who was like. Kind of like, you know, the girl they would use in the Hot Topic ad that, like, your mom would still let you go into the store, but, but it, you know, it wasn't threatening in any way. And then I started the other week take an NWA title match against Thunder Rosa, which, you know, is fine, and I have a lot of respect for Thunder Rosa, and I just don't understand why you would go into their world and pretend to sort of just be this, like, championship-motivated weird wrestler when nothing Billy Corgan has really done in the past few years has gotten any traction. It's odd for me to see someone who is so successful all the time when they are entirely themselves and don't have rules. Someone who constantly gains new fans and constantly brings people to this business and keeps people's attention when they are going all the way and when they aren't holding back and when they aren't being told, you know, no, you can't be that because you need to be this. Why hasn't she woken up to the fact that she could be just as successful if she was herself all the time? And so the point of a Too Hot for TV match is that I will take her out of any of the pressure of anything in TV. Those fools are not buying my pay-per-view. Those idiots, if they do tune in, they're probably nervous someone will find out. Even though I know the NXT production bus used to watch shows I was on that definitely were not safe for work. I know Priscilla has a dream, but I don't think she knows that there's a new dawn approaching us. These cats who are stuck with contracts, who are locked up, who are getting 400 bucks a month while the companies can't tape to sit and aren't allowed to do live streams and aren't allowed to do anything fun. Yeah, TV is not the future. Cable is not the future. And Effie is the right now. And Effie is the future. And Priscilla, I'm trying to bring you back to fucking reality. Look around you. Look at what's happening. I joked Saturday in my match versus Brian Myers, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins. Before I beat him, he said uh, something about this 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 ain't a WrestleMania moment, kid. And I said, Yeah, it's better. We already have more fans in the building. The, the landscape is shifting very quickly and I am far ahead of the curve, far more than people know and far more than I will let them know because they can't keep up and why try to help them keep up. But Priscilla, I love Priscilla. I've known her for years of my career. We have seen each other at so many points in our lives. I have seen her at so many stages in her life and now she's my neighbor in Atlanta and we're gonna get to have this match and I'm gonna get to show her the better side of things Right after I beat the living shit out of her. <laughs> well, you say it, you
0: put it that way. It sounds like um, it sounds like there's basically like anything can happen. In oh, this match.
1: I'll just say this: I I spent about <laughs> I spent about three hundred dollars today of my own money <laughs> on plunder items for me to access during this match. It is not safe for work. It is. Uh, going to be violent it is going to be sexual it is going to be weird but it is also going to be really well put together wrestling that makes sense done by professionals with a story that will keep you interested (laughs) how's that for a goddamn self
0: hey that's perfect that's perfect (laughs) i think i think like that you know speaking about like kind of seizing that power and and kind of understanding where the landscape of wrestling and entertainment like on the large is going, Um, this show kind of speaks to that in a lot of ways. It's about, it's about carving out your own space and, you know, making sure that you're highlighting voices that can keep carving out that space even more. So like, because obviously this isn't the end for you either. You're going to keep going. Effie's still going to be out there revolutionizing things, but you're putting more people on a pedestal to be able to do that for themselves And as well as for the movement as a whole, Um, I'm curious because like that that seemed for me that feels like the overall message for this show. Does does that like carry the same weight for you?
1: I think so, and I think right now it's not necessarily a game of one-upsmanship. It's more of a game of let's just see what's possible. And like I kind of said earlier, I'm trying to surround myself with the people who are thinking about what is possible and not thinking within the same little walls that we've lived in in wrestling for so long. That's led to dwindling ratings. That's led to people mocking us. That's led to people thinking wrestling is bullshit. That's led to people making fun of wrestling. That's turned people away from wrestling. I want the people who are looking outside of what we think wrestling should be. We, the companies, these big conglomerates and looking to who can make do on their own with limited resource with this new dawn of the internet with with the gates open with the barrier of entry lower than ever who's going to step up and make the stuff people want to see that people want to go to that people maybe didn't know they needed who's going to be those people and i think this is like you said going to be a big jumping off point for people to say hey We've seen this happen a little bit, but now let's all grab this thing by the horns and show them that like, we can do it too. We don't need the help of these big, these big blood money companies to make wonderfully entertaining things and to get through to people that even they couldn't get through to.
0: Mm. No, I, I think it's a very salient point. And I think it's probably one of the more important points of, of this show and, and this, this weekend as a whole, in a lot of ways. Um we're, in a wind, we're winding down here a, a little bit, obviously, but um, I did want to uh, ask you about um, kind of the timing of the event as well, because this is a fairly big weekend for, for the LGBTQ community. Obviously, when this show drops Thursday, that's International Lesbian Day. And then Sunday, the 11th, the day after the Big Gay Brunch is National Coming Out Day. Um, and this show, like one of the main missions of it is visibility and and making people that um, identify as LGBTQ more comfortable seeing themselves um, in wrestling and providing that for representation. A lot of the messaging around National Coming Out Day really speaks to the the empowering nature of coming out and, you know, trying to overcome the, the fears and, and the drawbacks that, that come with uh, coming out or just really understanding yourself and, and who you are. Um, is that something that, you, you see this show, um, accomplishing is kind of helping that, uh, that motivation.
1: Yeah, I definitely do. And I think in the process of doing these shows and in the process of sort of speaking with a lot of talent, you know, there's so much more LGBTQ talent out there than we could know and providing a place for people to tune in and see people like themselves. I think a lot of times it does kind of help you build up that courage and, for me, you know, what I was always told was the only person you truly have to come out to is yourself. Everybody after that is just sort of like the accessory. Uh, hopefully people can look at this and, and you know, it's easier than a Wikipedia article when you can see something live in person and go, I'd never even thought about that, but, but something just clicked in me. And when we have all these different voices and not just well, I don't like. I I don't think I don't think I'm gay because I don't wear dresses and run around with fingernail polish and pantyhose. Well, you know, there's a whole nother world and there's a whole lot of nuance to this. And there's people that represent all those nuances that are here today. I hope they see it and, and some people are inspired. It Makes me excited.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, last question for you. Uh, we spoke briefly about this to, on our previous uh, podcast that we did together. Um, Tony Deppen. So Tony Deppen was going to be uh, your go-go boy at the original show. We know that Tony Deppen is on this show, but we don't know in what capacity. I have to ask, is Tony Deppin returning as a go-go boy, or do you have something else special in store?
1: Okay, so <laughs> Tony Deppen's graphic for this show is my favorite thing <laughs> I think I've ever done. I'm going to say, I think it's my favorite thing I've ever done as I hold up a trophy of my own head, because... The graphic says specifically, Tony Deppen is exploring his options. Now, if you don't know Tony Deppen right now Tony Deppen is competing in the ROH Pure Wrestling Tournament. Tony Deppen has defeated me before. Tony Deppen is one of the top technical wrestlers in the world if you're really looking at it and you look at who he's been up against. I put him toe to toe with anybody around and he's about to have a baby. Yes, his wife is very, very pregnant. He's about to have a baby. And I said, look, I said, Tony, you know, you're about to be a father. You're settling down. I get it. Why not just why not just come see what's out there? And, you know, I graciously ran it by his wife and she said, get him out of the house. Get him out of here. And I think when all is said and done that the payoff to the Tony Deppin at the big day brunch story (laughs) will be so fucking insane. People will not know what to do.
0: I'm here for it and I cannot wait. Congratulations to Tony by the way. I did not know that that, um, that they were expecting so yes yes. Congrats. Yes, he's there. very close to
1: having a baby. I kept I kept hounding his wife to put the baby registry up and I, she thinks she finally did it, but it took a while. I was mm. like, let me buy things for your baby. I want to <laughs> be a gay uncle. <laughs> Tony will have fun though. And Tony's a good guy to have on hand because if anybody gets out of line, he's very professional as a professional wrestler hmm <laughs> he'll keep th- he'll keep things by the book i'm sure
0: definitely <laughs> well effie i appreciate you coming on the show again today i'm very excited once again this saturday october 10th at 11 a.m correct so make wake sure up get early time, right? guys 11 yes.
1: a.m we're going live yes
0: I'm and I'm just right. <laughs> know
1: just know when you see me live at 11 i will have been up for almost five hours and I will be up for another fourteen. So, <laughs> viva la collective!
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, well, let people know where they can find you online and uh, where they can uh, stream the show.
1: Yeah, so you can stream the show live on Fight TV. If you buy it by itself, the pay per view is twelve ninety nine. If you're a Super Wrestling fan, they also have a collective package which has twelve full shows. I think it's one hundred and thirty nine dollars, but it is also like. 35 hours of wrestling, including Josh Barnett's Bloodsport featuring John Moxley. Uh, I was not paid to say that. I really just like saying <laughs> Josh Barnett's Bloodsport featuring John Moxley. It's so funny to me. Um, if you're in Indianapolis, if you're in Indiana, if you're in Chicago, it's not a far drive. I'm selling a few tickets at the door because we will have a little room at capacity. Come have fun. And here's the thing, guys. Anybody who tells me, oh, I couldn't wake up in time. Oh, I was at for the culture till 3am. I couldn't be there. I was up so late. Let me make it clear. AJ Gray is running that show and then coming to my show the next day to fight people and then fighting more people. If AJ Gray can do that, you can come do it. Come to the show. You just have to sit there and watch AJ Gray actually has to kill people. You just have to sit there and watch. So don't forget to wake up. I know a lot of people have the collective package tickets. So you probably got a ticket to my show anyway. Come hang out. I promise you'll find something interesting. It'll be great.
0: Definitely, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. And I can't wait uh, to see what you have in store for all of us.
1: I'm so (laughs) pumped. I'm ready. I'm going to take a huge nap on Monday. But then I have to go back. Back to texas on thursday so there's not a lot of slowing down time <laughs> it's all right perpetual motion hey if i don't slow down the virus won't catch me exactly
0: <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry you have no reason to apologize My thanks once again to Effie for coming back on the show and giving uh, all of us a bit more insight into what's going to happen this Saturday um, up there at the Collective, Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, I guess that's 8 a.m. where I'm at. It's going to be a fun day. (laughs) But yeah, like I said, like he said, if you're not there in Indianapolis, you can always stream the show on Fight.tv. Um, and since he I guess (laughs) in the midst of everything forget to throw out his social social I'll throw them out there for him now follow Effie um, at Effie Lives on Instagram and uh, and on Twitter and of course twitch.com twitch.tv excuse me slash Effie Lives every Monday um, Monday Not Raw is a great little mix of independent pro wrestling and just Effie's personality all fun all around um, but yeah, that's going to do it for the first half of today's uh, goodies. Um, but make sure that you jump over to the second episode that is coming out today because I had the chance to sit down with former All Elite Wrestling Women's World Champion Nyla Rose. Um, we had the chance to, uh, to talk ahead of AEW Dynamite's one-year anniversary show next Wednesday, um, October 14th. Um, at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern uh, over on TNT. We had a chance to talk about that, the significance of that one-year anniversary, the significance of of her match against Riho that aired on the first Dynamite of October 2nd of last year, um, as well as a lot of issues around uh, trans visibility, her own um, position when it comes to how to kind of walk that tightrope between personal and, and and wrestler, um, in terms of identity, um, as well as, you know, just talking about what might be in the future, uh, for, for Nyla going forward, uh, there, or at least what she, what she wants the, the next year of AEW Dynamite to have in store for the Native Beasts. So that was a great conversation. Make sure you check that out as well, um, after this one. Uh, and also I will go ahead and say now, um... We're going to announce some details about our possible birthday celebration of our own. Because, like I said, next week is our one-year anniversary for starting this show. And we got to find something fun to do with it. Uh, maybe even something beyond just a podcast. But make sure you listen to my conversation with Nyla Rose so that you get more details about that. But... Until then, until you can make the jump over to press play on the next show, (laughs) um, I will bid you adieu. But not before we say thank you to some awesome people who helped make this show as rad as it is, starting with Daniel Quasar. The Progress Pride Flag Design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. And of course, a huge thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band. And you can check out their music on Spotify and Bandcamp at and the Bandcamp.com. You can check out uh, *Independent wrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide, uh, an extensive VOD library, and of course that's where you're going to want to tune in to check out The Masked Wrestler, debuting next Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern over on IndependentWrestling.tv. And, of course, you can check that out for free using our promo code LGBT LGBTRINGPOD or visiting tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT. You get a five-day free trial uh, for using that. And you can check out everything they have to offer over there and see if uh, that's something that you need in your life. Um, I know I need it in my life. I enjoy it. Uh, and I'm sure you will, too. But uh, to get your little taste, make sure you use our promo code Ringpod, or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and check it out for five days on us. Uh, and, of course, if you are into video games, I do also host a or co-host, rather, a gaming news show uh, called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. Live every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. Um, Always a fun time. Just me and some of my friends getting together, analyzing the week's gaming news, um, offering critique where needed, and having fun along the way. Uh, It's a blast, and I really enjoy doing it. So definitely check that out. Every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, Yeah. And I think that's going to do it for, for this portion of today's offerings. So many offerings. I have my hands out with all these things for you to eat uh, from them. All the breadcrumbs. So. Um, but of course, as always, do will stay messy, wear your mask, wash your hands, and imagine what Effie has in store for Tony Depp this weekend. Ready Bye! To
1: If so they didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge, she made a deal with the demon till so her lover could live. When the moon is high and the devil is shy, stick It's the formula six, six, six.